When I found your words, I ate them, and your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart, for I am called by your name, O Lord, God of hosts. That is Jeremiah 15, 16, and this is the Living the Word Bible Podcast. I'm Sarah Chris Meyer, talking with women about the Bible and the difference it makes in our lives. And today, my guest is Allison Jingris. She is an author, speaker, new media consultant, and her own podcast, A Seeking Heart with Allison Jingris, discusses faith in the context of everyday life. She also is the developer of the Stay Connected series of journals, which help women grow in Christ through scripture reading and prayer. Allison told her personal story on a previous episode of the Living the Word Bible podcast, and I've invited her back to tell us how she finds joy and meaning in Scripture by reading the Bible one word at a time, you might say. Allison, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Sarah, for having me back. This is quite an honor. So how are things going up in Boston for you these days? Very rainy, but well. Rainy. Yeah, it's just crazy rain up here, but it's going wonderful. So I know you're you're very busy with the uh, various jobs you have, but are you working on any new writing projects that you can talk about? Yes. Yeah, speaking of the Stay Connected journals, I am so excited to announce that we have number seven in the series coming out, 2025, which seems like a really far away time, but when you're the person writing it, it seems like it's kind of soon. <laughs> <laughs> and the tentative title is Jesus Heals and really came from discovering in the scriptures all the different encounters that people have with Christ. And as I studied them, as I spent time with them, I realized every time somebody encounters Christ, there's some kind of healing, hmm. mental, spiritual, physical. And so that kind of birthed this new book. And I'm so excited that our Sunday visitor is willing to bring it to life as number seven in the Stay Connected journals. So keep me in your prayers while I spend 2024 putting it down on paper from in my head. <laughs> I will do that. So it sounds like you have spent a lot of time with those stories of Jesus in the Gospels, no doubt, as he's healed. And in your, I haven't actually done one of your journals, in them, do you take people into the scripture and have them kind of hang out and, and meditate on it? Or what do you do? I absolutely do. I fell in love with the Catholic faith when I was brought back through the scriptures. I had never really spent any time in the Bible. And I discovered that, you know, we're talking about how I read the Bible kind of one word at a time. Yeah. This is kind of how the State Connected Journals came to be because I kind of fall in love with a word or a thought or a phrase in the scriptures. And then I want to know how it appears everywhere. And I go on these little wild goose chases. But this is kind of how this particular book came to, to be, was looking through all the different places. Jesus just talks to people. And I used my concordance, and um, I did a little bit of online searching for these times in the Bible where Jesus talks to people. And it was in these moments where Jesus is speaking with all these different people that he encounters while he was here on earth that I started to see this theme kind of happening. And in the State Connected journals, I kind of, every chapter has the same layout where I give you kind of the insight of, you know, the, the genesis of that particular chapter. But then one of the things that I love about these journals, Sarah, is that I just give you the address of the scripture <laughs> and I make you go look at it on your own. You know, I want you to dive into your Bible. Like I, I know we can look up on our phones, but 
the theory that I always share is that the Holy Spirit is really, we know he's the author, mm-hmm. uh, the true author of the scriptures. He is the one that guides us in our, our discovery of the scriptures and what God is saying to us. So I want women in the Bible without me giving them the verse so that God can really work in their hearts. Like I might think you need Romans 8, 28, but God might think, no, they need Romans 7. And so on your way to 8, something might spark in your heart. You may stop on the uh, on a page while you're flipping through. I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but if you've been doing a study and you've been told by the author to go look at you know, John 4 and you accidentally do one John 4 and you realize that's exactly the moment that the message you needed in that moment. So that's kind of what the Stay Connected journals do. They have questions for small group, but they really have five to seven different scriptures that all go with that particular theme for the chapter. And I invite women to just dive in and let the Lord speak to them and discover the the scripture and the Holy Spirit's movement in their hearts through His Word on their own. Oh, that's beautiful. I know. I, I do find that. I, I think that it's tempting sometimes to just like stick with a gospel reading that we have for that Sunday or something. But when you actually look it up in the Bible, you might discover by reading it in context that what the author said before or after really adds a new layer of richness. So I'm glad that you have them do that. Yes, that was part of my own journey. So when we were developing them, that's one of the things I said, please don't put the answers I don't want them in the back of the book. I don't want them anywhere. I really want to challenge the reader to go and sit with the beautiful Word of God on their own. Good. And then uh, that allows him to speak to their heart, which it's not an answer so much as some kind of response, and you can get a conversation going. So I was looking at the uh, little reflection that you wrote for the Living the Word Catholic Women's Bible. You wrote several of them, but one of them was on Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Now, did you take a similar approach to that, or what wonderful nuggets did you draw out of that particular passage? What I was drawn to for the Good Shepherd is that he finds the lost, Mm. that you know he would leave the 99 to find just me. And when I first read that, I was a lost sheep. 100% lost sheep. And I had just started to read the Bible again. I had been invited to a Bible study and I was just dipping my toe back into a life of faith and didn't even understand yet you could have relationship with Christ. And reading that particular passage and seeing that not only can I have a relationship, but God loves me so much that if I'm lost and, and he's trying to protect 99 He would leave them because he knew they were safe, and he'd come and he'd look for me to make sure I was okay, that he would put me on his shoulders and keep me close to his heart, keep me close to him, and guide and lead me back to safety. And at that moment, I needed to hear that more than anything because I didn't realize I was that deeply loved by God. Hmm. And so I really love the idea of him being this good shepherd and then diving into what a shepherd was for that time. And just seeing all these different, like they were the physician for that sheep, right? They were the vet. They took care of them physically. They had a call that they would use that that sheep would know. They say, we know their voice. There could be a pile of sheep in a a pasture with seven different shepherds. And when your shepherd calls, you know it's him because you have a particular sound that he made that was just for you. And that's what I started to understand in the scriptures. 
And the more I read God's word, the more time I spent listening to God's word, I realized that he spoke in a way that was for my heart to understand him. And I was to follow him Mm. and not get lost in all the other voices in our world. So that's just a few of the reasons I really love the Good Shepherd, his image in that particular passage. Well, one thing you also did in that reflection is cross-reference to some other parts of Scripture. So, did you do that, go to other parts of Scripture when you were diving in, or was that just for this particular reflection? I mean, do you do that in your private study? I don't know where I learned it. I don't know if the Holy Spirit inspired it, but this is kind of how I've always read the Scriptures. If I read this, the particular passage and I see a word or a phrase, then I will go to the concordance or the index in the back of the book, and I will look up that word and see where else it appears in the Scriptures. I'll use online as well. But again, I always love being in a physical Bible. There's just something to the feel of the page and then the allowance of the Holy Spirit to work. But this is what I did for this particular, I went and I looked in the back of the Bible where it said, you know, the good shepherd and all the different places you could find. One was Ezekiel 34, of course, Psalm 23. And I I can get lost. I literally, Sarah, some days I will start on one passage and I'll find one word, like the word cast, for instance, C-A-S-T. And I will start to follow the kind of... um, little pathway, if you could picture in your head, like an imaginary pathway that goes from one word of cast to another word of cast. I follow cross-references. I go back to the index in the back of the book. I'll look it up on the internet and I can get lost for hours just with one word because each instance of that word teaches me something new about God. Just this one word cast is used so many different ways in the scriptures. And I love reading. Then, then of course, I don't just read it for myself. Then I go off and I start to read what scripture scholars, what the church teaches about those words so that I understand correctly the, the teaching, the meaning that Jesus had. But then I also love that we have that little room in our study of the scriptures that we can personally be spoken to by the Holy Spirit using the Holy Spirit. I don't think I've ever been misled because I always double check. And if I'm not sure, I ask a priest um, about the meaning, but I really do fall down a rabbit hole of the words in the Bible. I can't help myself. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there is a a really good tool. Um, It sounds like you use a lot of different tools to come up with the different cross-references and so on. If someone isn't really uh, used to doing that, you can get a good Catholic Bible dictionary. What I love about it is it will have a word. I'm sure cast is one of them or a shepherd or whatever, but it'll tell you all the different places it is in the Bible and it'll talk about its usage in the Old Testament and then maybe what it meant in that in that time period and historically. And then as you go through the Old Testament, through different time periods, if the meaning changed, he'll explain that. And then, okay, now what did it mean in the New Testament? And are there several Greek words that relate to the Hebrew or just one? You know, so it kind of lays that all out to you. You know, in Ezekiel, it talks about God as the good shepherd. And then in John, it talks about Jesus. And it, it sort of bangs those different things together so that you can, you can follow it then yourself. So what a wonderful thing to do. 
And I feel like the more time that I do that, the the richer the word of God becomes to me. Mm. Like understanding the backstory, understanding the connection between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Just it's there's so many layers. I mean, think about it. It's the word of the unfathomable God. We could mm-hmm. never spend enough time in the word of God in the Bible to ever fathom and understand all that's in there. I find it just so fascinating to not look at the same scriptures. Just for an example, my daughter is deaf and I interpret the mass into American sign language for her. Mm -hmm. And so I am facing the congregation and I have noticed that there are certain readings when they start like uh, the prodigal son, then I think people think, oh, I've already heard this before, or I've heard mm. it a million times. And I see them pick up the bulletin, or um, you know, you can just see their gaze kind of go away. They, I say they donut, right? They glaze over. <laughs> they donut over. <laughs> and I think that's one of the, the beauties of the Word of God, that it's unfathomable, that you could hear it a million times, and each time you're going to get something new from it. God's going to reveal something new to you. And I think that that's one of the reasons I love going down these word rabbit holes is because I understand the word just a little bit deeper so that when I'm hearing the same scripture for the, you know, 55th time, (laughs) then I'm in mass, right? (laughs) Um, I can let the Holy Spirit bring me deeper because I have that background knowledge. I have that information to build upon. I wish more people would understand and spend more time. I know everyone's not going to get lost in a scripture search like I do. I know that that that's kind of unique to me, but not completely, but the the depth of which I go. But I think everybody has room in their own private time with the Lord, in their own private time with the scriptures to go at least a, a little deeper, like all right, we'll go one cross-reference. If we're in the Old Testament, let's look in the New Testament or vice versa. Or, or you know, where does Jesus says this one thing here? Where else does he say this? So that you start to put those um, connections together so that your faith grows deeper by understanding the way God speaks to us all the more. Yeah, and it works well together with um, a reading of the Bible where you're reading large chunks of it. So the, the more you know, the overall story. You know, if you've already read the Old Testament and you've noticed that the way God talks about Israel as a vine and as a vineyard and so on, then when you hear Jesus talking about himself being the vine, all those other passages can kind of just jump into your mind. You don't have to look them up and, you know, find them. They kind of pop into your head and you make the connections and the Holy Spirit can bring them to mind also and enrich your understanding that way. When you learn about Lexio Divina, which is kind of that prayerful reading of Scripture until it becomes a a conversation with the Lord, normally you say, well, you know, this is different from study. This is something, you know, it's a prayerful reading and meditating on the Scripture. But that word meditating, the meditatio, it's a gnawing, a a chewing on (laughs) um, (laughs) in order to get all the juice and flavor out of it. And some words really lend themselves to that. So you talk about a shepherd, you know, well, what is a shepherd? And what is a sheep? And what are the problems that the sheep have that make them need a shepherd? And, you know, if you just spend a little time chewing the word, or I think there was one uh, of the Desert Fathers or something who talked about the way you rub an herb 
to release mm. the, the smell of it, you know, the, um, or the flavor, that you need to do that with the words of Scripture. And the Holy Spirit does help us do that, which it sounds like you've been discovering or have discovered, you know, through your life with the Word. You reminded me that to talk about the sheep as well. So I did in my research, not just look up what a shepherd does, but like the behaviors of a sheep. And one of them that really struck me was that they can get fixated on the grass that they are eating in front of them. And they can become so fixated on this task of eating that they can literally eat themselves off a cliff. Are you kidding? Yep. Nope. They they will. This is one of the th- reasons that sheep get hurt so badly. It's because they're of where some of them are raised. They're up on you know that kind of that mesa flat ground, and they will just eat. They will lose sight, and they're they just people say, oh, the dumb, sheep are so dumb. Well, my research showed that sheep are not actually dumb, but they can become kind of hyper focused. As a woman with ADHD, I do not have a problem of focusing. I have a problem <laughs> focusing on the right things. And stop focusing when I've started and I have gotten myself in some really dangerous situations and into a lot of trouble when I become fixated on what I am doing and um, I've been hurt. I have been uh, led astray. And to know that Jesus is that good shepherd who not only finds me when I'm lost, but also helps me from getting lost and getting hurt. His protection is in his teachings, it's in the commandments, it's in our our faith. Like we have all these ways that God protects us or Jesus protects us as our shepherd. And so looking not just at what the shepherd does, but also the sheep helps us to see the scripture in a whole new light. Like, oh yeah, I am definitely that lost sheep who could have got lost because I was fixated on one thing and I forgot to give my attention back to Jesus. I just decided this is where... I'm going today, and I left Jesus home. If someone else wanted to try this, how do they start? What What would you suggest, and what kind of steps would they follow? Well, there's a, a couple of ways to start. I think probably the easiest is to go to the back of a, of a Bible. I know the Living the Word Catholic Women's Bible has an index in the back there. Go to an index and start flipping through, looking for, again, be sure to pray to the Holy Spirit first, and just a word that sticks out at for you, like friend. I know I, one of the reflections I wrote was on friendship. Just whatever word is on your heart, worry. I actually started this whole thing back in 2005 when I discovered Philippians 4, 6 and having no anxiety in anything. And I was like, what do you mean that God talks about anxiety? And I kind of fell into going from word to word looking for, do not worry, do not be afraid, do not doubt. Uh, So picking something that's on your heart, that's one place to start for sure. I think the easiest is to go to the index and then start at that first scripture and just see where it leads you. But be sure to open up your scripture and spend time. I always have a pen in hand, highlighter in hand, uh, and I write notes everywhere so I don't forget where the Lord has brought me and taught me. So for a starting point that might be common for people, maybe just as you're reading, so maybe you're reading your way through a gospel or you know, going through the Psalms or reading the reading for that Sunday, um, reading it in your Bible, as you said earlier. But often we'll do that, you know, pray and ask the Lord what word or phrase, you know, ask him to kind of make one come alive to your heart to speak to you, follow your method, then you after that, do a little research on that one word. 
whether it's in a Bible dictionary or a concordance. A concordance is a Bible resource that gives you all the different places in the Bible where a particular word is. Uh, A Bible dictionary will give you both at the same time. Scott Hahn has one, I think it's just called the Catholic Bible Dictionary, Dictionary of the Bible, something like that. Mm -hmm. But it has um, theological meanings and background for a lot of the keywords also. And they're, you know, you can trust that they're really faithful to what the church teaches. So that, that can kind of give you some boundaries because sometimes when you go off and study on your own this way, it can take you into following what you think instead of you know what is being taught by the verse or what is what is actually meant so that's a kind of a safeguard and not to tote back to the state connected journals but they were created because of this very thing and i think they're also a really great place to start if you're looking for a way to kind of see the method at work is to do one of these studies where i kind of walk you through the steps and um kind of guide you to the scriptures that are all connected because the five or seven per chapter are all cross-referenced and connected to each other and to that theme. And I think that if um, somebody's really interested, the first one's called the gift of invitation. It's all the invitations Jesus gives us. And it's a really beautiful way, not just to start this kind of study, but also to start using the scriptures to have a relationship with Christ. Nice, nice. And another thing, if you want to just dip your toe in, I know when we put together the Living the Word Catholic Women's Bible, all of the introductions to the books, all of the refle- almost all of the reflections, the portraits of the women and so on, at the end, they'll have a little box called Take It to Heart, where they will point out related verses and passages to look up that are usually around a theme that's in in that particular verse. So it can take you on a little, what did you call it? A bunny trail, trail of breadcrumbs, something. (laughs) (laughs) Treasure hunt hunt might be better. (laughs) Treasure hunt's good. I like that. (laughs) So wonderful. Are there any other specific tips that you would have to make it easier? I think having a journal for sure, Mm. having a place for you to write um, where you're going next, you know, keeping the, the track of what the Lord has said to you. I love going back to my journals year after year. I'm not somebody who just writes them and sticks them. I love bringing one of them with me to adoration, maybe a year or even three or four years later, and really seeing where that scripture has led me. Like, what does it mean to me now? What had it revealed back then? How have I put it to use? And I think there's a lot of um, a lot of fruit that can come from not just writing these things down, but then taking your journal later and revisiting it and seeing what God has done in your life. That beauty of hindsight is such a powerful faith tool. Thinking back over, I know you've been doing this for years. It's your like favorite way of interacting with the Bible. Is there an example of one that you'd want to share with people that has been really meaningful to you? A particular word or phrase that you've really mined the depths of? Really seeing how Jesus heals. I know this is kind of a new one, and I'm just really starting to mind this one. But just sometimes we can feel that we are, like, for instance, I have a chronic condition. And I can sometimes feel like I have prayed and prayed and prayed, and you're not taking care of this. Like, he says to have faith and like the size of a mustard seed, and you can move mountains. And he, he uses that phrase when he's talking to somebody about, you know, healing them. And I go, well, Hello, I have more than mustard seed faith. Like, why aren't you healing this for me? And then I get to, you know, 
not just in the gospels, but then I'm also looking at others and I got to, to Paul's writing about the thorn in his side and realizing that, you know, he prayed three times for God to take that thorn and it stays. Well, he says it stays there so that one, he doesn't become too full of himself, which I can totally relate to. Like <laughs> if I didn't have God or think I needed God, I would be even more obnoxious than I already am. <laughs> and but he keeps it there for his own good, to keep him humble, to keep him, more importantly, to keep him connected to God and that we know how important that is. So for me to see Jesus and his encounters with people when he's healing, when he's, and then to feel like, well, why didn't Jesus heal me? Why do, why is this condition chronic? I then look to Paul who loved Jesus and who followed him and, and spoke about him to anyone who would listen, right? He even got shipwrecked for it. And to still have faith when he wasn't healed. And then there's another place that Paul says that, you know, whatever God has comforted you in, he will also use that to comfort others. So there's things in my life that God has not made right. He has not fixed. And I see these as points of being able to bring consolation to others, to being able to not just tell somebody it's going to be okay or that God is with them, but to live it and walk with them side by side. And so that's kind of how uh, I see these scriptures kind of all fall into place and why I love so much to take this one concept and just mine it deeper and deeper because I could live with very great despair that I'm not well and I have this great faith and God isn't healing me. But when I see it deeper in the scriptures that no, there's very good reason that God does. Like Isaiah 55 is probably one of my favorite scriptures of all times. God's ways are not my ways. God's <laughs> ways are your ways. God's ways are higher than your ways. And understanding that I'm never going to understand God, but He's good and He's loving and He's faithful. And we can see that in His Word. Those are all some words, by the way, that you can dive into deeper. How is God faithful? How is God loving? How is He trustworthy? Yeah, those are wonderful. That's actually how I started really diving into scripture myself when I was, I don't know, I was probably about 13 or 14. And my father, for some reason, gave me an assignment. He actually had me go into a concordance and look up as many occurrences of God loving, of God's love that I could find in the Bible and just write a sentence each time what I learned from it. And I got about 15 or 20 into it, and I was hooked because I could not believe the richness of God's love and the different situations in which He loves and so on. But if you're just kind of reading along, you don't necessarily notice that. So thank you for, for bringing that to the fore and encouraging people to do that kind of study. It is a study, you know, it's part prayer, it's part study, but I like the way it weaves in and out, and that the more it becomes clear in your mind, then the more it also touches your heart and can impact your life. So do you have a favorite passage that maybe we could close with in prayer that would have one of these images in it? I think since we've been talking so much about the Good Shepherd, I think it makes sense for us to do Ezekiel 34, maybe one that people haven't spent a lot of time with. Oh, that's good. Instead of the, the gospel, we'll go back to the Lord speaking to Israel. And just a little bit of context, this is a time when Israel has been exiled and scattered. They're scattered everywhere. And the prophet Ezekiel is bringing a comforting word from the Lord to them. And so maybe if you're listening, maybe you feel lost, alone, or scattered. 
I'll read 11 and 12 and then 15 to 16. And um, you can close your eyes and listen to this as being spoken directly to you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, open our hearts and minds to receive your word. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself, will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when some of his sheep have been scattered abroad, so will I seek out my sheep, and I will rescue them from all the places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed. I will bind up the crippled, and I will strengthen the weak, and the fat and the strong I will watch over. I will feed them in justice. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and for the life and strength it brings. Thank you that you are our good shepherd, and we pray that you will continue to seek us out, that we will hear your voice and follow you. Open our ears to hear and our hearts to receive and ponder what you say to us in Scripture. Give us grace that we need to love and to live your word in our daily lives. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, the living word. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Word, pray for us. Allison, thank you for joining me and for explaining this way of reading Scripture that you have found to be so rich in your own life. Is there anything that you'd like to add before we go? I'm just so excited, Sarah. I'm so excited that people get to know you better. If you don't know this yet, Sarah is the queen of the aha scripture moment. And <laughs> she has been one of my just go-to scripture scholars. And the fact that I get to know her and speak with her and that she continues to share her wisdom that the Lord gave that I just I love that story, Sarah, that so many years ago, that how the Lord set you on fire for the word by your father's wisdom. Just it's amazing. So thank you for what you do to help all of us understand God's word better. Well, thank you, Allison. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely goes both ways. So where can people reach you and find out more about your books and your ministry? You can go to reconciledtoyou.com. Well, this is Sarah Chris Meyer, and this has been Living the Word Bible Podcast. And thank you for listening. Please join me every Thursday for conversations with women like Allison who love and live God's Word. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a positive review to help others find the podcast. And you can also join our Instagram community. You'll find us at Living the Word Bible. God bless you as you read His Word.